Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come today now to open your word, God, we are so thankful for this time together. I'm thankful for each person here, um, for their participation uh, in worship this morning, for their encouragement that they grant me and uh, their fellow believers around them. Lord, I'm thankful for just the opportunity uh, to be part of your church, to to experience this time together, to enjoy uh, each other's presence and especially your presence, God. God, I pray that as we look in your word this morning that you would encourage us, that you would direct us, that you would enlighten us uh, about our lives, um, about the choices we make, about the decisions we follow through on, uh, that we would be pleasing to you and what we do and where we go. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we have been moving through the Ten Commandments, and today uh, we come to one that gets a little bit more personal. Up to this point, they've been uh, somewhat abstract in terms of uh, their expressions and in terms of perhaps how they might be uh, utilized, how they might be applied. Um, but now we, we get down to uh, some specifics in terms of what we're to do and how we're to do that. And uh, so we come uh, to uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It simply says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, a lot of times when you, when you hear this commandment, when you, when you reflect upon this commandment, we think of it in terms of obedience. And certainly obedience would be a major part of the expression here, a major part of the thought that's being communicated here. But the word honor is much bigger than just obedience. The, the word honor carries with it the, the idea of holding something or someone in high regard. That is to look at them and to give them a status in your life, a, a situation in your life, a, a, a position in your life that is of some significance. And, and so with that in mind, as we look at it this morning, I, I want us to, to recognize that even those of us who uh, are here whose parents have passed on, such as myself and, and many of you, um, we, we can be, continue to carry out this commandment. We can continue to represent what it is that God has in mind here, what God is trying to express here uh, as we uh, think about um, the, the, the principle behind this, as we think about God's challenge to us to live lives that are honoring to those who came before us. And, and we're going to look at, at this from, from a variety of angles. And, but I want to start this morning with the whole issue of the barriers we face to the, the, the whole issue of honor. When, when you start talking about honoring your parents or, or holding your parents in high regard or, or, or thinking about them in, in the proper way, there are certain things that sometimes get in the way. There are certain things that, that sometimes make that a difficult reality to carry out. Um, and, and I acknowledge that this morning, and I believe Scripture would acknowledge that as well. Um, one of those is just the whole issue of communication. Um, there's always been a generation gap between the older and the younger. That, that's, that's a reality as old as, as time itself. Um, but I, I have to say, I think that that generation gap is, is wider than perhaps it's, it's ever been before. And I think the reason for that is simply that things are changing so quickly. Um, I mean, you look at 
where we were at the beginning of the 20th century, 1900, in terms of things we were able to do, things we were accomplishing, and those sorts of things. And you look at where we were just at the end of at the end of that same century, and things are radically different. I mean, just just in my lifetime, I was born in the 60s. Um, just just the changes that have occurred just in my lifetime in terms of what we're able to do and so forth. You know, I, I talked to my, my my kids about things, and I mentioned that we didn't have internet when I was in college, so we didn't have Wikipedia and all those things. You know, to to do some of our work, and they're like, "What? How did you do anything? How did you how did you research anything? How did you find anything?" Well, we had our methods. Okay, there there were things we could do to carry that out. But I mean, just you, you think about that. You know, cell phones. Um, didn't have a cell phone until I was well into adulthood. Um, you know, when well, how did they get it hold of you? How did they know where you were? You know, how did you talk. Well, you just waited until you were in a place you could call, okay? That sort of thing. Um, you know, when, when I went off to college, you know, um, we had a we had a thing that we used to do back in the day where you would call your parents collect and they would and they would refuse the charges. That was a way of letting them know you had arrived without actually having to pay for the phone call. Okay, we we had our workarounds, we had our we had our ways of playing with the system, but but these rapid changes have, have really contributed to, you know, just a lack of communication in our families. Um, we just don't know how to talk to each other as well anymore. You know, um, I look at uh, a couple months ago, Jimmy Fallon, he has this thing where he talks about some, some he, he sends out a, a question to his audience and asks them to respond with, with some things. And, and he said that uh, he got this thing, it was mom quote and dad quote. And he said, for instance, um, I asked my dad, one of the students said, I asked my dad if I could go to a 50, 50 cent concert. And he said, here's a dollar, take your sister too. <laughs> okay. You know, that, that's, 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 that's a, a little bit of the, of the distinction of it. You know, my mom once said to me, that was funny. You should twerk about it. Okay. Um, sometimes we just don't communicate well. And, and that could be a real struggle to honoring your parents because you, you, you look at them, you look at kind of where they're at, and you're like, oh, they're so backwards. Or, oh, they, they just don't know the things I know, or they just can't do the things I do, and, and that sort of thing. And it, it kind of lowers, you know, that, that learning curve kind of lowers the honor that we hold our parents to sometimes. And, and it's a difficulty that, that we need to admit to, we, we, need, to, we need to face. I think a second issue is is our culture. Um, we live in a culture that does not, in general, uh, acknowledge or admire the position of parents in a, a child's life. Um, you know, um, my wife and I, when we were, you know, when our kids were growing up and so forth, you know, one of the channels that, that we had access to and that we watched on occasion was the Disney Channel. And the reason we watched the Disney Channel is because there wasn't a lot that you could watch as a family uh, in, in other environments and so forth. And so we watched it. But one of the things we noted was even on the Disney Channel, how often the kids were the brilliant ones and the parents were the idiots. Okay, And how often that played out, where the kids were outsmarting the parents and how often you know, the, the, the parents just were not with it or not getting it. The parents would try and exercise some sort of discipline, and of course, that was a bad idea. How often that happened? It didn't happen in every show. There were shows that were the exception, but but it happened more often than not. Uh, in in what 
they were accepting, what they were absorbing. Um, you know, you, you look at uh, ad, advice, uh, blogs and articles and so forth, uh, quite often to, to kids uh, and so forth. And, and one of the things I've noticed in, in reading those and perusing those is, is how little you ever see the phrase, talk to your parents about this. It, it, it's not something that, that, that's advocated. And, and we have situations in our school systems and our medical policies and so forth where parents don't even have to be informed about certain realities that their kids do anymore. And, and this all um, comes together to, to, again, make it more difficult for that honor to be a, a mindset, a perspective that we're walking with and, and that we're pursuing life through. But you know what? The church is guilty as well of undermining this idea of honoring your parents. Because what has happened too often is that the church has become a surrogate parent when the parent is still present. Now, I understand in, in all of these situations, I understand that there are times and there are situations where the parent is an absentee parent for one reason or another. And, and there is a need for people to step in. And, and I understand that. And that's significant. And that's important. And, and we want to be cautious and we want to we want to be we want to be mindful of that we want to be respectful of that we want to we want to help people understand who God is as our heavenly father okay that, that's a part of our mission but what has happened too often is that children's ministries and youth ministries have become the parent instead of the parent themselves that instead of being an aid or an assistance to the parents in terms of them grow, helping their, their children to grow in the Lord, something where the parents are brought into the process or are included in the process, it's become more of, too often, become more of the mindset, well, I'm the expert, you're not, so let me kind of deal with your kids on these issues and you just kind of stay on the sideline. And, and so you have, these, you have these things just build up in terms of, this reality where where honor is is it's hard to achieve it, it's hard to it's hard to experience because there's so many things around us and within us that are are undercutting just the idea of holding somebody in high regard. There's there's substitutes and there's other things that that are at work there that that uh, make this difficult. So how do we reclaim honor? How do we express honor? What are some things we can do as, as believers, as Christians, that can, that can help us to, uh, to, to grow in this reality? When we look at this passage, and when we think about this reality, one of the things that comes to mind is, are there limits to honoring our parents? Okay. It, are there any kind of qualifiers we might put on that phrase, on that sentence, on that command? Well, I think we do have to acknowledge that there are that the expression of what honor looks like changes with our age. Okay. That honor must be present throughout our life. But how that looks and how that manifests may change with our age. And 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 part of my rationale for this, part of my my uh, justification for this goes, goes right out of the biblical text in Genesis 2.24. You, you have there the culmination of, of the man meeting the woman there, being brought together. 
And it says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto her, and they shall become one flesh. And, and when you hear that, you, 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 you what? You, you realize, you recognize that what is being advocated there is that there are situations, there are stages in life, there are circumstances in life that will alter your relationship, your other relationships, that will change how you relate uh, uh, to certain individuals in your life. And the marriage relationship is one of those, those key ones because in the marriage relationship, the most important individual in your life, in your experience, is your spouse. Everybody else, humanly speaking, becomes secondary. And so that automatically is going to have some impact on how you respond to your parents and how you deal with your parents and how you relate to your parents. Um, you just look at human development and you can see it as well. I mean, as a child, you know, we, we, we're called to, to honor our parents by what? By, by obeying them, by obeying their instructions, not just in terms of our actions, but also our attitude. We'll come back to that here in a minute. As an as a older teenager, we're still called upon to, to obey, but, but there's, there's starts to be a shift there as teens are giving more responsibility in terms of making their own decisions. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the hardest parts of being a parent is, is if you do your job right, you know, you don't have to parent quite as much in some ways, you know, because they get to an age where you're like, okay, they're taking responsibility, they're, they're, they're making these decisions, these sorts of things, I, I have to back off, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's a struggle for all parents, okay, and, and we respond to our children differently depending upon who those children are, okay, and what we let them do and so forth, but it, it, it's nonetheless, as an older teen, you're still called upon to appreciate your parents, to acknowledge your parents, to obey your parents. As young adults, uh, it switches more from obedience to advice uh, in terms of, of what you listen to and, and, and how you pursue your own life. And then as mature adults, it, it switches once again probably to more taking care of them uh, in terms of what uh, they're going through. And, and, and so there are some limits, I would say. Uh, a second limit, a second limitation is the fact that God's instructions always take priority. Now, when I say that sentence, when you hear that sentence, and, and it's something that's often said in, in sermons or messages or talks like this, we often think of the, the reality that, well, what if your parent tells you to do something that is not honoring to God or not respectful of God's law or not following God's law? And, and that is certainly a, a component here. That is certainly something that's implicit in this observation. I mean, I, I think we could accurately and appropriately apply Peter and John's response to the Sanhedrin in the book of Acts to this situation where they say, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot speak uh, of what we have, we cannot help but speak, but of what we have seen and heard. And I will listen to God rather than man. So we acknowledge that reality, but that's not where I primarily want to go this morning with, with that statement. Where I want to go is to recognize that God's expectations and God's instructions include honoring and obeying your parents. 
Understand that. A lot of times we, we say, okay, here's, here's God's expectations and here's honoring your parent, your, your, your mother and your father. But God's expectations include honoring your father and your mother. It's on the same level as the other expectations. It's not a, a subordinate to those. And so we need, to, we need to keep that in mind as we consider this issue. What is the principle here? Because this is not just an Old Testament reality. Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Timothy 3, verse 2 through 5. For people, he's, he's talking about people in the last days who have abandoned God. He says, For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. That's quite a list. And we hear that list, and we see that, and we tend to focus in on the ones that you know that that we're better at, because it's always easier to judge someone for a sin that you yourself don't struggle with. But we tend to we tend to ignore. I would imagine most people, if you ask them, what are some of the sins that Paul lists as representative of of people who are evil? in the last days that he listened to Timothy. I imagine if you just asked a group of Christians, what are some of the sins? I doubt many of them would list disobedient to parents in that list. It's just not one we see. It's just not one we connect with. It's just not one we attach to. And so it is important. It is a part of God's instruction and His expectation that we honor our father and mother. Jesus Himself spoke to it. So how can we do that? What does that look like? How can we express this following God's instructions in honoring our parents? I think the first thing we can do is forgive their failures. I think, you know, um, this is such an important part of the whole honor and relationship thing that there, there has to be forgiveness involved. And I think that's true for two reasons. Number one, parenting is hard. It's hard to, to make wise decisions for your children, to, to read them correctly in terms of what they're going through and what they're facing and how they're seeing a situation versus how you might be seeing a situation. John Wilmot once said, before I got married, I had six theories about raising children. Now I have six children and no theories. It's hard. You know, because each child has their own personality. Each child has their own way of looking at the world. You know, some some are very focused and committed and driven, and some are just off in the wild blue yonder as they're as they're sitting there and you're talking to them and they're just looking kind of right through you because their mind's on something else. And it's not necessarily that they're being disrespectful, that's just how their mind works sometimes. And so when your parents make mistakes, and, and I would venture to guess if we asked for testimonies, we could get some testimonies of parents who made some really bad mistakes. That our starting disposition as Christians is forgiveness. And that's the second reason that this is important, is because 
We're commanded to forgive by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why do we forgive our parents for their failures? Because it's hard and because Jesus told us to. And if we can begin to do that, if we can begin to, to process that and work through that and, and, and recognize that, then the honor will begin to grow. It'll begin to, to take hold in, in, in different ways, in special ways, in distinct ways. I think a, another way that we can honor our parents is to recognize that our attitude matters as much as our action. As a kid, I, I was... I was a pretty good kid. I'm not boasting. That's just fact. Okay. I was a good kid. I really was. Um, about the only crime I ever committed in my household was procrastination. And I did it quite a lot. But I was never overtly rebellious to my, to my parents. Would never have dreamed of telling them no. but I didn't always honor them. Why? Because my attitude wasn't always behind my actions. I wasn't always expressing or communicating that their position before God in relationship to me was of significance to me. We need to remember Jesus' words in Matthew 15. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a it always starts in the heart. It always starts with our thought life and our processes. We, we've seen that with the previous commandments. We see it in this one. Honoring your parents is not just, quote, doing what they've told you to do. It's doing what they've told you to do with the right spirit and attitude. And as we do that, and as we, as we, we grow in our faith, and as we grow in our appreciation and our calling and our challenge of, of God working in our hearts and transforming us, then that honor will begin to be elevated as well. Third, we listen to their advice. That doesn't necessarily mean, especially for an adult and so forth, that we agree with it. It doesn't even necessarily mean that we follow it. But there is honor to be found in listening. There's wisdom to be found in listening to it. Proverbs 23, 22, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. The proverb there in the fact that, that she is old suggests what? That the person doing this is an adult. There is honor to be expressed in taking seriously what somebody says to you. And this is true uh, in, your, in your work life. This is true in your family life. This is true in your romantic life. This is true in your friendship life. Whatever it is, listening to the opinion of someone else and taking it to heart and, and giving it careful consideration is one of the highest forms of, of respect that we can express. It's one of the, the highest forms of honor that we can communicate to somebody. I value who you are, and you know I value who you are because I listen to what you say. Even if I ultimately end up disagreeing with it, I'm going to respect it. Fourth, 
affirming their effort. This is not just, uh, this is different than the commanded, uh, the, the, the call to forgive. This is, this is more of a, a positive expression. Proverbs 17.6 says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. And looking at grandparents interact with their grandchildren, there, there's certainly truth in that. I, I've yet to meet a grandparent who's like, yeah, I got a grandchild, so what? <laughs> you know, it's the crown of the aged, and the glory of the children is their fathers, goes on to say. Um, this is one we can keep without our parents even being around anymore. By acknowledging their role in who we by living lives that would make them proud. To, 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 to honor their investment, to honor their time, to honor their role, no matter how small it may have been, in who you are. By living lives that reflect it. I'm surprised, maybe sometimes troubled, <laughs> By how often my 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 parents come out of my mouth when I'm dealing with my children, but I shouldn't be troubled. It should, in fact, be an expression of honor for who they are. We ought to also live wisely, righteously. Proverbs twenty three twenty four: The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad. In You honor your parents by making good choices. You honor your parents by, by living lives that reflect what they've taught you about Jesus and being responsive to that. And then finally, we honor them by showing them care. In Leviticus 19.32, it says, you, stand, you shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. And what that communicates, what that's relating is it, it puts in parallel our relationship to God with our relationship and how we treat our more senior parents. How we invest in them, how we help them, how we journey with them through some realities that are difficult to navigate. As you get older, life gets harder. And I'm just beginning to discover that in terms of health issues, in terms of all sorts of other things. I walked up the hill at, at ETBU the other day from a parking lot up to Scarborough Hall, and I was winded. And I thought to myself, when did that happen? How did that become a part of my experience? And so we live this way. We, we experience these ways by, by showing care to them in their struggles and situations. Now the last thing that, that Moses gives us to us here, that God gives to us through Moses here, is the rationale for honor. And I want you to see this truth. The stated rationale for the command is not long life. That's often where we focus. That's often where we, 
where we, we put our attention, but it's long life in the land. This was the center of God's hope for Israel and remains the center of His hope for the redeemed. He's not just saying, I want you to live a long life. Because guess what? A long life that's not within the blessings of God is not a life worth living. A long life that's not connected to God and who God is is not a life that can really be enjoyed. What God is calling us to here, calling Israel to, is he, he, he recognizing he's observing that the land is a blessing, the land is a promise, the land is freedom. And he's focusing on the children here. He's calling the children to honor their parents. Why? Because this is a this is a recognition of the preservation of civilization. This is a recognition that how a child responds to his parents will affect how a child responds in every other situation that they experience in life. The church father Augustine said, if anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? In other words, if you're willing to dishonor your parents, if you're willing to disrespect your parents, is there anyone you won't be willing to disrespect? And so the reality here is, is, is what? That we have been called to a, a personal responsibility. We've been called to a, a recognition that our familiar relationships are not just about the family. They're about civilization we live in. And as the family goes, the culture will go. And this is a message to parents as well, to, to grandparents as well. Parents who, who undermine authority figures in their kid's life will ultimately undermine their own authority in the eyes of their kids. There's a give and take there. There's a relationship there. If you are constantly undermining the other authority figures in your life, it won't be long until your kids figure out, I don't need any authority figure including my parents. There is a balance to be found there. We as parents are, are called to invest in our children appropriately. In Ephesians, as Paul is going through the household code there, and he's talking about the various relationships, the, the thing that's striking about that, even though it's, it's a very common expression in Roman culture, that this is the relationships within the family and so forth. We, we have multiple examples of that from Roman writings. But Paul does something that you don't see in any of those other Roman writings. He talks about the person who's traditionally the authority as well. And so when Paul says, children, obey your parents, for this is the first command with a promise, that you'll live long in the land, he also says what? Parents, don't frustrate your children. That there is a dual responsibility. Why? Because God's word tells us in Psalm 127, Behold, children are a heritage from Yahweh, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And there is something interesting about that image 
that the psalmist uses there when he talks about your children being like arrows in the hand of a warrior. In those days, how were arrows made? Every arrow had to be handmade. Every arrow had to be hand-constructed. And so, more than likely, your arrows were all going to have a different feel to them. One might be a little bit longer, one might be a little bit shorter. The the fletching on the end, the feathers and so forth, might be a little bit off-center. The the arrowhead that's there might be bigger, might be smaller, based upon what you were able to, to get your hands on. So what does that mean? What that means is, because there's no machines to make them, because each arrow is different, every arrow is going to fly differently. Every one of them. So how do you make your different arrows with their different proclivities and their different natures fly correctly? You have to be a skilled archer. You have to make allowances for those things. You have to, you have to practice with the variety of different things you're going to be dealing with. As parents, as grandparents, as leaders, ministering to, teaching, instructing our children, it's important for us to understand that all of our children are different. And how we respond to them and what we require of them and what we expect of them will also find different expressions along the way. But ultimately, our journey and our task is always the same. Teach them to love the Lord your God with all their heart, their mind, and strength, and to love their neighbor as themselves. If we can instill that, if we can teach those lessons to our children, and and we can, in so doing, lead them to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as their Savior, we will have accomplished our task as parents. But children, whatever age you may be, it's incumbent upon you to express the love that you have for your God by expressing honor that is necessary toward your parents in those ways that the Scriptures have outlined here this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the gift of being a parent. Lord, I I pray for those who um, haven't been able to, for whatever reason, experience that. God, I pray that you just be very present with them during this time. Let them know that it doesn't make them any less a person because of that, Lord, but Lord, help them to also see that, that they do play a role in um, the lives of children all around them and that they do have a, a, a role to play in, in helping parents um, as well. Help each of us, Lord, first and foremost, to be responsive to our parents by honoring them, by respecting them by caring for them and doing the things that you've called us to do with them, Lord. We praise you and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.